Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the one and only Long Beach State Athletics podcast that features the one and only athletics director, Andy Fee. It is the LB Fee Show, and as always, it is hosted by the562.org, which is myself, J.J. Fiddler, and to my right. Mike Gardavasio, if our voices sound scratchy, uh, we're recording this the day after the Long Beach Century Club banquet, and uh, J.J. and I emceed it, and... Our voices are scratchy, yep. <laughs> so that's why it sounds like that. Liquid diet right now, dude. <laughs> uh, thanks so much to uh, Long Beach State producer Roger and Andy for having us. And uh, with no further ado, Andy, welcome to the show. Well, happy Tuesday, gentlemen, and uh, fantastic job last night. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, we, we, didn't, are we didn't shells hit our, of ourselves today. Yeah, we didn't hit our target time, but I feel that that had more to do with uh, some of the Hall of Fame speeches than yes. us. But so I would I not well give it. back a single second of Mrs. Tarkanian's speech, I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> no, that was great. It was incredible, dude. How if much, you did not how much see it, does the son look like Jerry? A lot. <laughs> like, the way he walks? Yeah, I mean, like, yes. seriously, I was like, this is a little eerie. But, well, and it's weird for, I, I don't feel like you usually hear, because, you know, Tark obviously is an Armenian legend, uh, and I don't feel like you usually hear a speaking style or an accent get passed so directly from one parent to a kid. Usually there's, like... You know, you, the kid didn't grow up uh, in uh, in Stockton with, in an Armenian neighborhood. He grew right. up in Southern California and Las Vegas, but he still talks exactly like his yes. dad. It was really something to hear, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and his wife still thinks like the dad too <laughs> oh yeah no it was listen if you if you're a if you're a diehard long beach state fan who loved the basketball team here when tark was here go check out at the 562.org we'll have a video up uh from chris trevino and i i hope he puts in there some of the stuff that she had that she said about the ncaa and tark's time at long beach state it oh, was yeah. awesome and it was a it was apparent that for at least that family that stuff that was not 30 years ago no that is doubt. right now no doubt <laughs> a lot of hands shook at the Grand every year for the Century Club Sports Banquet. I know we do that before the show. You must be doing that throughout the night. Everybody's just walking over and shaking hands. Andy's with a you. popular guy. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, to be able to celebrate not only our success but the city's success. And as you and I, all you know, the three of us as we sit at this table, we always talk about how great a city we have sports wise, and it's just a fantastic night. Yeah, and it's such an original event, you know. In the world where new and cool loses out to old and original more often than not, it's really nice to live in a place where like old and original is so appreciated, and you have the generations. For you know, sure. you've got the Hall of Fame going up there, and then like five minutes later, you've got a seventeen-year-old kid like nervous to get an award. That's just too really different worlds awesome. colliding and that's kind of what long beach sports is always about so a quick rundown of the long beach state stuff from that uh former athlete jim knob went into the hall of fame as did uh coach athlete mentor community member uh glenn mcdonald i uh, check all of the above boxes there and uh, jerry tarkanian went in as well and as we mentioned his uh, his wife lois accepted for him Josh Tuaninga also made history, uh, was named the Century Club Athlete of the Year. That's an award that usually goes to like a baseball, like like a Cy Young candidate or yeah. a Pro Bowler. Uh, he was, I think, just the the fourth college athlete to win that. Um, so that was a huge deal. I thought Josh did really well. He was not excited to give a speech, yeah. but I thought he did really well. Yeah, he mentioned everybody he needed to mention. That's the first he did, key exactly. to giving a good speech. He did a good job. Uh, the Central Club also, uh, through the Mayor's Foundation, uh, the Mayor's Scholarship Fund, Dr. Robert Garcia, donated $5,000 to the university, so that was cool. And uh, overall, a great night, so check that coverage out at the 562.org if you have not seen it already. And speaking of men's volleyball, they're in action again this week, but it's going to be their last trip outside of California 
in the regular season. The next time they leave California, it will be for the Big West Conference Tournament in Hawaii. So this last three games on the road, number one in the nation, still 7-0. and uh, Probably you can mark them down as wins, but you never want to assume anything. Never I'm, assume no, anything. I assume everything. But if they serve the ball <laughs> the way they did against USC yeah. last week when they rose the banner. You, you feel pretty good about their chances at Lindenwood. Yeah. In the Walter Pyramid Rafters, <laughs> uh, 13. A season high, obviously, 13 aces in that match. Watching these dudes, these elite volleyball players serve the ball is like watching Jared Weaver throw a fastball at Blair Field. Best of the best. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that that uh, raising the championship banner was so awesome. Uh, does that, I, you and I joked, you know, you came at the exact right moment to come to the school. They're, you know, the Dirtbags are hosting Super Regional and their men's volleyball team is winning NCAA championship. Was that cool for you to get to see the banner up there? Without a doubt. I, I, I don't care if you're at the professional level, the high school level, the collegiate level. Anytime that you're raising a championship banner and a national championship that you have beaten the best of the best, uh, there's just a, a huge amount of pride and, you know, for me to be a very, very, very small part of that, uh, was a lot of fun. Well, I, I want to say that you were more than a small part of the crowd that was here. It was an awesome crowd, almost 3000 people for that, uh, that win over USC. But I said to Alan Knipe, I said, I, one of the smartest things I've seen done at this university, uh, was making it so that the, the only way you're guaranteed final four tickets is to buy season tickets. Cause he, he, he pointed out, he's like, you know, a third of the people here are season ticket holders. And he pointed at you, and he was like, well, that was all Andy. You know, so congrats on that. Well, it's pretty, we want to leverage. We want to <laughs> leverage. So, but It's pretty awesome having crowds like that for men's volleyball, man. I mean, they obviously deserve it, but uh, we it was rocking in here on, uh, on Friday. It was awesome. So men's volleyball is on the road, but this week at the beach also includes basketball. Coming back here to Walter Pyramid, the men's basketball team is going to host UC Irvine. You may remember two weeks ago, Men's basketball team went down to UC Irvine for maybe the best win since Deshaun Booker's buzzer beater at UC Santa Barbara. I would program. say so. Yeah. So that can they duplicate that performance though? Because UC Irvine probably the best men's basketball team in the Big West right now. Yeah, but you know, I think as you know, we've talked about this league. You know, any given night, and we've seen you know Santa Barbara lose on the road by twenty at Fullerton. So. You know, I, I don't think there's any guarantees. You know, men's volleyball for us on the road, you know, this we feel week. Pretty good about we're it. feeling a little sure. bit better about that in terms of, you know, your percentages. <laughs> but I think in, in this league, on both the women's and the men's side in terms of basketball, you know, anything's possible. And, you know, I like our chances. Yeah, shout out Deshaun Booker. Uh, I definitely wrote a few articles explaining how he was having trouble with ball control. Uh, not the case against UC Santa Barbara on Saturday. What a performance from Book. He had 25 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, almost messed around and got a triple-double. But most importantly, zero turnovers. So hopefully Booker can keep playing well for the men's basketball team. For women's basketball, they are road warriors this week. They're going to be at UC Davis on Thursday and then at some place called Fullerton on Saturday. I would not like to go to either of those places. Women's water polo got their season started. A very tough road trip to Berkeley. Four losses, but a little bright spot. Freshman Orsi Hertzka scored four goals for the beach, and all four of them came against number four Cal in an 11-9 loss. So if you've got a freshman scoring four goals against the number four team in the nation, it looks pretty good. That is good. That's nice to see. The women's tennis team also in action. They've had a, uh, a lot of great stuff going on, uh, including a doubles championship already, but uh, they're going to be in action in some Big West play this week. 
Yeah, they beat UC Riverside to start their Big West play. Never lost to Riverside. And that's not the only Big West team that Long Beach State hasn't lost to. Um, they've never lost to Riverside ever? There's multiple. Like, they've never lost to Riverside, never lost to CSUN. I forget the other one. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, we got to shout out men's golf and women's golf, also in action this week uh, at Rancho Mirage for the women and in Arizona for the men. But I think story of the week is track and field back in yeah, action. Yeah, how cool. They're doing the indoor season right now. They went to Air Force Academy over the weekend, and they won six total events, three on the men's side, three on the women's side. We could be in store for a pretty special track and field season here at Long Beach State. No doubt. I, I think talking to Andy Scythe, our, our head coach, and LaTanya, our associate coach uh, at the banquet uh, about a week and a half or so ago, I, I mean, this, this could be, as you said, very special. There's some student-athletes on both sides of those programs that could do some um, – just huge things in terms of uh, putting us continuing to put us on the map. All right. As we bring on our guests, I want to remind Long Beach State fans about the 562.org and all the coverage we've been providing for the university, our local college here in the city of Long Beach. We've got a newsletter that'll come to your email. We've got highlight videos, including some great highlights of that men's volleyball team. We've also got previews of the big games, recaps, photo galleries, and live updates on Twitter. So be sure to go check out the562.org and sign up for all that good stuff. We are now going to bring on our first special guest of the pod who hails from Hacienda Heights, is one of the best softball players to ever wear black and gold, and now the Long Beach State Hall of Famer is one of the best coaches in the Big West. It is softball coach Kim Souter. Coach, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You're a vet now. This is your second time. I am a vet. I yes. had to dig deep for these I'm questions. Yeah, well, yeah, this is all deep cuts this week. Now you, did you wear black and gold or you wear brown and gold? I wore both. Oh, uh, yes. you were here for so the transition. So I was in the transition. Okay, so which did you prefer? Start, started, um, I, I got to say black and gold. Yeah. yeah. It's a little, little more flattering. And, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in so, every possible regard. Yes. It's like one of my favorite Long Beach State stories ever when I was doing the research for a football book. Because, you know, we, we, we were – it was all black and gold when we were here. But they're definitely the old – some of the old-time fans are like, they still come in the brown and gold. And J.J. and I was looking at them and go, it just looks terrible, you know. I mean, just like yeah. objectively it's not a great color combo. So reading about it was literally they hired George Allen and he walks on campus. And I think he'd been here for perhaps 40 seconds. And he goes – Brown and gold is so ugly. It's black and gold now. And the yep. university was like, cool. Oh, that's <laughs> too funny. One of, one of our current players, she'll show up in uh, brown and gold because her mom actually played. We played together here. so That's awesome. Wait, who's that? She's still um, Tierra Follow. Her oh, mom, wow. uh, Stephanie Everett, uh, was a catcher here and uh, just a, a roommate of mine. And um, so yeah, T's a, a senior, but she'll show up with some of her mom's brown and gold stuff and that's bring awesome. it back, brings back the memory. So. Man, keep, that keeping awesome. that circle tight over there, softball. <laughs> I, I like it. Um, so you guys are in your off season, season around the corner. Like I said, we're doing our previews here. So what is your season like right before it starts? Like what's that last bit of off season like? Uh, last bit of off season is, uh, you know, we just kind of trying to make sure, prepare for everything, make sure we have everything covered the last couple weeks. Um, first couple weeks back, you know, we were training hard, um, hitting the weight room. We were in the weight room five days a week, just like we, we are in the fall. So, um, you know, we're trying to get stronger, uh, get in shape, um, and, and do that right when we get back. And then we'll taper down to, to three days a week. Uh, in the weight room throughout throughout the season. 
looking at the team right now, you know, kind of compared to what you've thought of some of the previous teams you've coached, what's this team like? What, what's its sort of personality and style going to be on the field? Um, you know, it's, it, there's a, a lot of new players. We have, you know, that's why I'm asking. Cause I I'm mean, like, we'll I'm have sure probably, yet. yeah, I'm not sure either. <laughs> um, we have 11 new players. Um, two were part of the program that red shirted the last couple years. Well, Lauren Lombardi and uh, Alyssa Gonzalez, both redshirted. So they're kind of new again this year as far as they'll be be playing again. Um, but, you know, I love I love what I've seen um, throughout the fall. They, you know, half, half of them are upperclassmen that we brought in along with five freshmen. So uh, we kind of felt like we needed to bring in some experience, especially uh, in the circle. Um, so it it's – there is maturity there. It's not like having, you know, 11 freshmen uh, brought in. So they have really come together. Um, some of the new players, I mean, they just have brought great energy. Um, you know, I, they're talented, and, uh, you know, we're, we're very excited about the upcoming season. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit, actually, about transfers. I feel like, the, you know, the, tra the quote-unquote transfer movement or whatever you want to call it has obviously sort of been sweeping across college sports. But softball, I feel like, of, of women's sports in particular, it seems to me softball is really a lot of player movement. You guys have had some really talented players come in via transfer, some players leave. How does that change the way you coach? And, I mean, is it a challenge or is it, you know, a benefit to be able to add, like you said, talented and experienced players as well? Um, we definitely have benefited from it, um, the transfers. We've had some, you know, great transfers come in and, you know, compete right away and, and do some uh, great things for, for our program. So just, you know, players that, uh, you know, we recruited initially and, you know, a lot of times things didn't work and they wanted to get closer to home and they right. have a of, friends. A lot, of, a lot of times it's like it works somewhere else, but they're just like, you know, I really don't want to live in this state or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'd and, really rather be back in Southern California. And really they, they have friends that are here in the program and, and connect with them. So um, that's a big deal for them as well. So talking about those players and the transfers, you guys have a big hole left here in the circle. So who's going to be key? Who's going to be the key pitchers for you this year? Um, I think the two junior pitchers that transferred in, Kelly White from uh, Utah State and Ashley Coleman from uh, Cal Baptist, have really, you know, stepped up. And I think those two are just really hungry to, to be difference makers. Um, they've put in a, a lot of work in the weight room. Um, they've, you know, they, they want the ball. They want to – they know this is a good program and – they have a very solid team behind them, so they've, you know, they've been working extremely hard, along with uh, Presley Miraglia, who is a freshman, and uh, then Devin is our, our one returner that, uh, you know, had 10 wins for us last year. You've got some returners in the field as well, led by your stalwart at shortstop, Nicole Fry, who we're going to talk to in just a minute. Yes. Uh, she's been a huge part of your program since like the day she arrived on campus. She has. I, I can't. Uh, we we absolutely love that kid. She's uh, she is the ultimate team player, um, and she leads by example. She's uh, she's pretty soft spoken, um, but her actions on the field are are very loud. Um, she always is putting in extra work and you know trying to get better and. 
you know, does does a lot of training on her own over the summer and, and comes in here stronger and faster each year. So, um, and just a real likable person. Um, everybody loves her on the team. And uh, again, they know she's there for the team and, and for Long Beach State and the city. And she, she plays with a lot of pride. She's going to be up there in the top tens all time here at Long Beach State, some of those statistical categories. you got. It seems like every year, you have a few seniors who are doing that. Why Why are you guys able to put up such huge offensive numbers? Are you like a recruiting genius? Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, we're just – we're always trying to find ways to get better in the program. And, you know, we're trying to recruit the best hitters that we can. And, um, you know, they're working hard in the weight room. And, you know, we're, our strength – coaches have done a great job of finding new ways to you know get better with with our team and they just I feel like they are getting stronger and it's it's very hitting's very contagious so I think just having stronger you know one through 15 with hitters and and them competing and making each other better is you know certainly part of it and our coaches Kevin and and Panita both do a great job with with our hitters and along with with um, Mariah who is our volunteer coach this year who throws a lot of extra BP and they get a lot of live BP so well that always helps you you know that grind (laughs) that that BP grind that offseason grind do you think the players not respect but listen to you and hear you a little bit more knowing that you also did that grind in this exact same spot um, I think that it, it certainly helps, and we try to be at every part of their training, every workout in the weight room, and um, just to, to know what they're going through. And, you know, I, I was a competitor and definitely could have used some of the mental training that they have now <laughs> as a player and uh, some of it, you know, the positive positive things. And so I, I know what they're going through, and, you know, it's, it's just there's – we're a lot more educated now to to be able to help them, and it's you can be competitive and have that drive and still, you know, uh, carry yourself in a in a positive manner in a team first manner. So. I think that's definitely I, I appreciate you saying it that way because I feel like a lot of times when you talk to coaches who are former athletes, you'll sort of hear the opposite. That's kind of like, oh, everything's so soft now, you know, whatever else. And we've always sort of looked at it like, you know, I've got two kids, and I'm kind of like. I don't know. I, it, it doesn't bother me the idea of a coach wanting to make sure that my son's like, okay. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Yeah. It seems like caring about the mental side is like, a that's a positive thing. We should be happy that we're doing, you know? Well, they're working, they work hard. I mean, we, we ask them to put in a lot of work and a lot of hours and, and we watch it and they want to be great. So, I mean, they're harder on themselves and it's, it's just trying to get them, you know, to a, just a good place in their mind and, and comfortable and, feeling that team team energy and um we work hard at that so we always end with a little favorite stuff do you have, do you have a favorite hobby that's not softball or sports related <sighs> coming on this podcast well, i love obviously yeah it's a tradition i now. guess <laughs> i like doing stuff around the house like just remodeling or painting furniture it's kind of relaxing to me and something totally different than from sports so are you the type of person who like their living room looks different every other week like your you move a couch or a table or something it would if if my husband would allow it (laughs) 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 he he thinks i'm crazy so yeah i have to pick and choose what you know what i'm gonna do but 
Yeah, it would be. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's, so. that's kind of funny you say that. JJ and I are the same personality to where, like, if he and I have a stressful week, our houses will be spotless on Sunday. You know okay, what I mean? It's yep. like Saturday and Sunday. It's like I'm not going to watch any sports on television. I'm just going to wash everything. I'm going to clean the house. Painting is a good idea. I've not thought of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have too many layers on my <laughs> The room say, feels box smaller. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite all-time softball or baseball player, somebody you looked up to growing up? Oh, so many of them. Um, I think when we were talking about great players before that you looked up to, I was like, Ricky Henderson. You were like the Ricky Henderson of softball. <laughs> I wish I had his speed. <laughs> I guess I was just smart. I was more smart on the bases than than actual speed. But uh, I like the just right now, currently, the Dodgers, watching the Dodgers. And uh, I like a lot of them. Uh, Chris Taylor is, is one that... I like a lot um, just because he plays with so much passion and, yeah. and knowledge and um, we're big Dodger fans. Uh, yeah, Chris Taylor's like team. the mid-major outfielder of the major leagues. Yes, but he can play so many positions <laughs> well in Doom yeah. as, as well as the starters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just – he comes up with those big plays all the time. Okay, so, so it's so. obviously been an emotional fall for the last two years for, uh, for me and Dodger fans. <laughs> uh, but I grew up in a time watching Dodger baseball where we were always frustrated with not spending enough money, not going to get the big name and stuff like that. As a Dodger fan, do you find it not hard but different rooting for the team with the highest payroll in the league? No, I, I don't have a problem Can you teach me that. how to do that? <laughs> so... Um, I just uh, I love the way they they play though they play as a team and uh, you know I I grew up going to the games when it was Ronce Steve Garvey and Dusty Baker and and all of them with my grandparents so now you're making just, me jealous uh, just love the Dodgers and we have a good time with the team on following them in the postseason and next year. I'm going to have Roger isolate so. the clip of this, and I'm just going to play it for you. That's fair. Like, <laughs> I'm going to need it. <laughs> All September. Yeah. I'm going I'm to need it, that's for sure. Uh, favorite thing to eat at Dodger Stadium? Oh, Dodger Dog. Okay, how do, you, how do you do the Dodger Dog? Just ketchup. Just ketchup? Just ketchup. Yes. Maybe if you I'm me, getting, coach. getting a little crazy, I'll throw some onions on there. Okay. We went to – I forget what event it was. We went to a couple events at Dodger Stadium, lucky enough to do that, and they serve you Dodger Dogs in the press box, but they have – Everything. So you can put chili, nacho cheese. It got actually. Dangerous. I'm gonna. It I'm was gonna dangerous. Know, I had that option. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll actually tell that story. It was like I think our first, like one of the first things we ever covered was uh, Wilson High School, Long Beach Wilson, not Hacienda Heights. Wilson was in the CIF Championship, and Division One was played at Dodger Stadium. So we go up into the. I mean, I maybe we'd maybe been professional sports writers for like three weeks or something. So we walk up into the Vin Scully press box, and you're already just like. Wow, this is the Vince good. And they got a little thing where he sits and everything. And so we sit down, we get ready to work. And then someone goes, Oh, make sure you get something to eat. And we turn around and they literally have a kitchen at the back of the press box. And it is, you could just go get 10 Dodger dogs. I mean, it was like there's an unlimited amount. And I would say that as two 23 year old sports writers, we very much tested the limits of what unlimited Dodger dogs <laughs> would actually be. I'm really glad they didn't check my bag when we left. Um, okay, rapid fire. Favorite food? Not at Dodger Stadium, obviously. <laughs> Macaroni and cheese. Good job. <laughs> Out of the box? Homemade? I used to. It seems like it's changed a little. Now I like homemade. Okay, cool. Uh, favorite movie? Oh, I like Pretty Woman. 
Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I like some nice. I like oh, yeah. romantic yeah, right. icon. Uh, music. Do you listen to music a lot? Um, in the yeah, car? Yeah, I like Walking in Memphis. By that Mark is a Cone. specific nice. like great song. One of song. my favorites. <laughs> That's a mood. Yes, and I like country. Did you a know Cohen played bass for Jimi Hendrix? I did not. I had no Just idea. A little, little unknown fact for you right there. Wow. Jimi Hendrix bassist, super white. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he's the whitest guy ever. Uh, do you read? Do you read a lot of books or anything? You know what? I most of the books I read are a lot of just leadership books, coaching right. books. I love John Gordon, the Energy Bus. We've used that for our team. I think over we the talked about that. Ten yeah. years, and you know we're using a, above the line a little bit, okay. uh, which volleyball has has used over the years, and um, Urban Myers. It was one of his books from Ohio State. Yeah. But a lot of leadership books like that, positive vibes. Are you on um, social media at all? Do you have, you know, I'm not. No. I'm not. I, I mean, I do Very a little smart. bit, you know, with with <laughs> we got to our, with Twitter, um, with our Long Beach State account. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I'm not. I probably need to nope. get on there more. No, you don't. <laughs> But then I then I feel like if I once I do, you know, I gotta cover everything or else you're gonna make somebody upset or you know, feel left out. So if you're successfully living without it, you don't need it. (laughs) And I I commend you. Well, coach, we really appreciate you taking the time. I know things are very busy right before you start your season and you guys do not hide. You are playing some of the best teams in the nation right off the bat. So best of luck. Go get them and make that 25th NCAA tournament appearance. All right. Thanks for having me. We're now going to bring on our second special guest who hails from Lake Elsinore here in California and is a big, all-big West softball player here at Long Beach State. It's shortstop Nicole Fry. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You and JJ uh, are from the same neck of the woods. Were you as happy as he was when he got (laughs) to Long Beach State to have an ocean breeze? (laughs) Yes. um, I like the IE, though, but... Long Beach is definitely better, and yes. the area is so much nicer. JJ is not – I feel like now this generation has, like, IE pride. When JJ made it out, it was like you were escaping from prison. Yeah. It was like everyone that I knew from the IE who went to Long Beach State was just like, oh, my God, it's so I got much out. better here. Yeah, <laughs> I got out. I don't know that JJ has been back. Like. Well, go, going up in the IE is also, like, if you, are having, if you have an interest, it is hyper interest, right? So you played softball, so I can imagine your softball life in the Inland Empire was just all softball yep. all the time. Yep, it's really competitive out there too. Well, it's definitely yeah. I mean, it's definitely different now. It's it's built up. There's a lot more. Like when JJ there's was there, more to do, when JJ Mike. was there, they were like yeah. poking lizards with yeah. sticks. You there know was what I mean? more like to way, do. Yeah, exactly. Like they they hadn't gotten enough water out there to water a good baseball. Do you get back? Yet, so. do, do you go back uh, home for the holidays and stuff? A lot. Yeah. I go back in the fall, like most weekends. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's some like Elsinore stuff we could talk about? You go to Storm games. Like um, I did when I was little, but I, we moved to Corona. So, okay. And I always went to school in Corona, so okay. I was mostly in Corona, and that's where all my friends were. So You got to go to the new school, huh, Santiago? Yep, that's where I went. That makes me feel old, man. <laughs> I remember when that sharp. school opened. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, 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 we, we covered a girls' basketball game there the first year that it opened. I remember we walked into the gym, and we were like, they spent $100 million on this gym. <laughs> it's the nicest high school gym I've ever been in. It really was. <laughs> it was yeah. incredible. It really was. It was more of a uh, aquarium than a gym, yeah. I think, for those sharks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Nicole, obviously, season just around the corner. We're doing these previews. So, you know, for you, w- what's your off-season schedule like? Is there a huge difference between what you're doing day-to-day when it's in-season and when it's off-season? 
I think more in the off season, we're training to condition our bodies so that we're ready for season. And in season, we're mostly focused on just like the everyday swings, feeling good, feeling game ready every day. Um, our mindset never changes between off season and season, but we always just want that competitive drive through you, everything we do. But you'd say the off season's more about, like you say, getting your body ready, and then during the season, you're mostly just trying to work on your mind and make sure that everything's clear and mm-hmm. ready to go. Okay, that makes right. sense. This yeah. is the first off season that both the softball and the soccer team are in the new clubhouse yeah. over there on that side. How is yeah. life in the clubhouse? Um, amazing. It's so nice, and we're just so thankful to have something to come together in every day and just have everything there for us and right next to the field. It's amazing. When uh, Coach Souter was talking, you know, there was a couple of events around the groundbreaking and stuff, and she was talking about how it was going to change the feel of the program day to day, like just the way it felt around the facility. Yep. Do you get that feeling? Yes, all the time. Um, just everything's so much closer. We don't have to walk far to get to class. We just were right there. We could shower right after practice. Um, we just – even if we forget something, it's right there. So it's just amazing. And it brought us a lot closer to soccer, too. It's the little things. Just oh, that's true. Things. You guys are like roommates with the soccer team right. now, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. Two pretty successful programs over the last few years. Uh, two very good head coaches. We obviously just talked to Coach Souter. What type of coach is Coach Souter, like in those dog day off-season practices? Oh, Coach Kim is such a competitor, and she is such a mom. <laughs> she, She's a mom? She is a mom. She's amazing. <laughs> She's always there supporting. She understands. She gets it. She's been through it. So she's hard on us, but she understands um, everything that's hard, and she just gets it. Well, she understands it to the point where she wore the same uniform. Right. Right? So is there a difference? I mean, I'm sure you've played for a lot of coaches. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference between playing for a coach who has been there and done that and is on in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then a coach that maybe you know had played at some point somewhere else that you had never seen. Yeah. I've always played for guy coaches, so to come here and play for um, mm. a girl coach, it's amazing because she understands and um, she pushes us and she knows um, her her capabilities and our capabilities, so she, like, meshes them and she's just awesome. Yeah, JJ and I have talked about that a lot. We cover, uh, in addition to Long Beach State, we cover a lot of high schools, and I want to say in the in the local league in Long Beach, I think there's only, there's really never more than one uh, female high school coach. I mean, it really is, for whatever reason, softball, I feel like even more than volleyball or soccer, is really dominated by um, male coaches. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about about what the, what the difference is. Um, are, are you more comfortable, or is it just a different kind of instruction, or, or what, what is different about that? Um, I think I'm more comfortable with Coach Kim because I can open up more. Um, with guy coaches, you know, you just have them yelling at you. Yeah, yeah, And, and you don't want to, like, open up and have them be like, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody I've played for has always been awesome, but I think Coach Kim just brings it to another level of um, just, you know, letting everything go, knowing that she trusts me and I trust her, and I just love playing under her. You are creeping up in the record books. You're in the top ten in a couple different offensive categories, but most of that is because you've played a lot. Mm-hmm. You came in, you got on the field immediately. Were you surprised that you were playing as a freshman and now looking back on it three years, put up the numbers that you put up? Um, yes and no. Uh, I came into this program wanting the starting spot, and um, I think I put a little bit of pressure on myself because of Shayna Kimbrough, who left, and she was just an outstanding player. Um, but I'm happy that I got to follow her because 
kind of made me push myself a little bit harder. Um, I think I could have done a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, but. that's the that's mark of a good athlete. <laughs> yeah. Always something else out there to yeah. get. It's also the mark of a good coach. Are you thinking about, you know, going into coaching and staying in the sport that way? Um, I have thought about it, but um, we'll see. Was that okay? All right. <laughs> uh, it says on your bio that you study family education. Yes. What, what, do, what do you want to do? Um, right now, I am actually doing field work for preschoolers, so I am working in a preschool. Um, and I plan to, like, stay on that track, but I kind of want to move up to, like, kindergarten through third grade. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if you move up fast enough, my son's going into first grade in the fall. Really? At a school that's uh, about a half mile <laughs> from the campus. That's so, awesome. Yes. <laughs> uh, like I mentioned, the stat's pretty impressive. Uh, career 302 hitter, so you could go out. As an up 300 hitter, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any other personal goals coming in here to your senior year? Um, I just want to play. I mean, I do have goals, and um, but I just tried to play for my team. I think that's the biggest thing that I can do right now because I don't want to put too much pressure on myself, um, especially in my senior season. I just kind of want to leave it out all on the field do you have or have you like cultivated routines and maybe maybe you can call them superstitions yes. that you do before every game here yes. at the Long Beach <laughs> softball complex what are those okay so last year I had a bagel every morning <laughs> from where from, from Einstein from Einstein okay yep. all right <laughs> and then um I always do my hair really cute always straighten it <laughs> and then put it in like fishtails or like these they're called bubbles Roger um, left that out of the bio it does not say <laughs> that your hair looked really cute while you're hitting through yeah but, but you're right it does yes for sure <laughs> but my hair's short right now so we'll see what i have this season <laughs> um and then you know i just uh i think the biggest thing is when i hit with coach kevin in the cage um i always get my mind right there and focus on my swings and just get ready to go left side of the softball infield quite possibly one of the more dangerous places in all of sports. Right. Because that, when that ball gets going, mm-hmm. it's going pretty quick, and it yeah. gets on top of you pretty quick. Yeah. How do you maintain game speed when you don't get to play a game every day? Um, you, well, when we scrimmage, we have big hitters. So, uh, like Gonzo, Tierra, Tayro, all those big hitters, they, they smoke the ball. And Coach Kim smokes the ball. So, um she has done this for so long, so she knows how to miss hit, hit it hard, all any type of hit. So she just prepares us every day. She plays some fungo golf. Have you heard of that? <laughs> no. You stand at home plate and you try to hit the ball to certain parts of the park. Like when <laughs> oh, you hit yeah. the fourth pole <laughs> off the line. So we should have her, yeah. Buck. Andy Hall saying, and Mark Preger yeah, from Wilson High School. Together, we could put together a really good force. That's a force of a fungo yeah. golf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, should, we should do a highlight video of that, That's actually. Good. I think Coach Kim would win. Okay. All right. I like it. I respect it. I'll take Preger. We should mention we should mention coaches in the room. So this is like a yeah, very good political interviewing from Nicole. Yeah. Um, speaking of great players, do you have a, a shortstop that you looked up to growing up or somebody that you emulated or just a favorite player of all time? Mm, I wouldn't say shortstop. I mean, Derek Jeter, of course. Of course. Always watched him. But, um, um, well, softball or baseball? Does it matter? Whichever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You, yeah, whichever you watch more of. Or. Mm, when I was little, I used to watch Matt Kemp and Andre Ethier every day. And I remember they had, like, a long hitting streak. And I was like, that's so cool. That's what <laughs> yeah. I want to do. The, yeah. the four, those guys, Russell and them, yeah. all coming up at the same time. Right. Good yeah. times. 
Are you? Oh uh, uh, yeah, CT3 <laughs> is now my idol though. CT3 is your idol? Yes. Okay. I, they had a fan fest, and I was like, um, I wish I was there so I could have met CT3. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you excited? JJ and I have talked to a lot of uh, high school softball players, and I know that yeah. everyone's really excited that the sport is going back to the Olympics. Do you feel yes. like that's going to sort of create a little bit more? Because I, I feel like a lot of softball players your age who sort of missed the Olympic softball stuff, I mean, you really were probably watching more baseball than softball, right? right, right. Are you excited for kids, you know, little kids now, to be able to actually get to see the Olympic softball team and kind of get inspired by those players as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, I grew up watching the Olympics, so to have them back in it is just awesome. And like you had your Jenny Finches and all those players. So I think it's awesome. And there's just the soft softball is so competitive and so good now. So it's ridiculous that they even took it out. I just got tired of America beating everyone. Yeah, by 30 I runs, know. But you know that it is what it is. They didn't take they didn't take men's basketball out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we let you go, we do a couple favorites. So, do you have a favorite food? Yes, chicken Alfredo. Chicken Alfredo. Yes. Nice, good choice. <laughs> uh, f- how about favorite movie? Oh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, really? Nice. Really? That's old school. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel like that's really old school for yeah. your generation. It's outside of your time okay. <laughs> yes. timeline. <laughs> I know. Uh, favorite music? Do you got music you listen to like before a game or something? Um, wow. I think uh, country would be like my go-to everyday thing, but I definitely rock out before games. <laughs> like, like what? What's your rock out song? <laughs> well, like, um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like. Shania Twain. No. Garth Brooks. <laughs> no. Toby like, Keith. Like R.B. Oh, like, yeah. So you didn't mean rock. Yeah, out. no, you I mean didn't like mean rock. Jam out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, for sure. Uh, how about your favorite social media follow? Hmm, the Dodgers. <laughs> Nicole Fry, <laughs> winning, yeah, winning a piece of my blue heart right now. JJ is a big fan. Now. Okay. Uh, Nicole, obviously, best of luck this season to you and all of your thank teammates. You. Uh, and thank you so much for coming on the show and joining us. And uh, good luck this year. Thank you. Okay, thanks so much to Coach Souter and Nicole Fry for joining us. Uh, a couple of our favorites. I, that softball team is so much fun. If you have not been out and checked out a game, I recommend that you do so. Uh, Andy, we're going to bring you back in. I did want to throw out there, uh, Producer Roger raised a finger literally like 30 seconds after <laughs> after Coach and Nicole left. I think we, we got word that they are nationally ranked in the first national rankings of the year. They are number 25 in the country. So very excited. As J.J. mentioned, going for their 25th national uh, NCAA tournament appearance. So we're excited to see how they do this year. Love to see Long Beach State in there. Hate preseason rankings. I hate them. Yeah. What, what, how do you feel about them, Andy? I feel like you're doing a disservice to these kids who have worked all offseason, and then somebody looks at them and it goes, I'm going to judge you on last year. Exactly. Like, I what mean, am I doing here? It, it's tough, and it is tough to forecast. Maybe sometimes there's a juggernaut out there that you can say, "Hey, they're going to be in the mix nationally." But I feel good about the men's volleyball teams. Never. Right. I mean, like that. That's that's the outlier. So many times. How many times do we know? Like, the, you know, where's Loyola Chicago? Right. Were they right. in the preseason ranking? I don't. I'm pretty sure they weren't. No. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a great point. They probably had the best season last year. Exactly right. <laughs> um, all right. So before we get out of here, we do this each and every week recommendations for LB Nation. What should you guys be checking out this week? Uh, I will go first because mine's simple. There is a, it's like a podcast, but it comes out every other day. It's called Reverberations Radio. Check it out wherever you get your podcast. It's just the chillest music of all time. We had a very busy week, yeah. very busy weekend, and I needed to chill out. 
So I put on Reverberations Radio, and it works every time. So check it out. Were, were you like, sitting in a dark room staring at like a candle or anything? I wanted to be sitting. To I wanted to be sitting in a V-dub bug driving down PCH in 1976. Is what I wanted to be doing. Yeah, not bad. Uh, my recommendation is eight hours of sleep and uh, hot tea, both of which are wishful thinking on my part. But uh, I'm hoping to try out eight hours of sleep sometime in the, in the near future. I hear it's great. I couldn't it's, sleep last night. That's when you know you're doing something you love. Right. Is when you get done with it, you're exhausted and you can't sleep. Yeah. You're just still buzzing. You must be buzzing like every day. Always. <laughs> Never like ends. Event to event to event. Never ends. So what's your uh, recommendation? Uh, so I listened to a 30 for 30 podcast, The Trials of Dan and Dave. Ooh. So going way back to the 92 Olympics. And uh, if you don't know the story of Dan and Dave, and I won't even give it up, it's a pretty uh, fascinating story. Awesome. Perfect for this week. More podcasts. That's right. It's all about the podcast. Come on now. Uh, obviously, you know, we do this each, every other week, uh, bringing on a special guest. So thank you for listening to this show. Uh, thank you, Andy, for having us on the show. Thank you, producer Roger, for helping us fix our mistakes and get through this thing. Uh, thank you to the Century Club this one more a, time. This was a particularly heavy edit uh, edition of the OBP show. I, f- I feel like the Century Club is just so special that we could mention them every week. The stuff that they do for this community and, uh, and this school. They're it's just they're, second they're to none. great. Uh, ben Goldberg and Dan Gooch and you know Kevin Valensky. You know, I, and I'm not even naming you know the, the, the other 417 members yeah, yeah, yeah. that crazy uh, man that make this so special. We're we're so grateful to them. Absolutely. So to you, LB Nation, we will see you guys in the stands this weekend, and we will talk to you next week on the next edition of the LB Fee Show. Take care.